It's the Sticks and Bricks podcast where we take a look at all the parts, pieces, and situations that come up every single day in your home building business so you can listen, learn, and take action to build a business that's as strong as your homes. I'm your host, Brad Hubbard. Thanks for listening. Have you ever watched the local news station when you saw that group of journalists who ask customers who feel they've been wrong to contact them? You know the one, the journalists that have that serious look on their face, arms are crossed as they stare into the camera, and for some reason they have to walk dramatically slow. It's the type of news team that strikes fear into the heart of any home builder. You see the end result when there is an actual story and the reporter marches up to the front door or worse yet greets the home builder as he or she is getting out of their car, shoving a microphone and camera in their face. You can think this will never happen to you, but in the back of your mind you know it's very possible you could be the next one in line. After all, no matter how good you are, there's always a chance that a customer will go rogue and contact the media. That's just life as we know it. So as I watched a recent investigative journalist story on my own local news, it dawned on me that this would make a great episode for the Sticks and Bricks podcast. And I was fortunate enough to land a rock star in the central Pennsylvania journalism industry, Flora Posterera. You'll get to hear about her long career in the industry, with experience being on one of those investigative journalist teams, though I didn't ask if she actually got to walk dramatically slow on her promos. But since she's not actively on an investigative team, she was the perfect person to ask questions about the process and about things you should or shouldn't do if you find yourself on the wrong end of the investigation. So listen in and learn. And make sure you know what you should do when the media come a-knockin'. So this week on Sticks and Bricks, I am I am just beside myself. I have a titan of the Central Pennsylvania journalistic um, media industry, Flora Postera. Flora, thanks for joining me today. Wow, thank you for having me. That was um, a bit much, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I've been watching you for years, and uh, you know, certainly for those who don't know, because this goes across the country and all. I mean, I'd, I'd love for you to just tell everybody a little bit about your history, kind of where you started, kind of what you've been doing for the past so many years and what you're doing now. Okay, wow. Well, let's see here. Um, I always had a love for broadcasting and journalism. Mm -hmm. And so I went to college and majored in speech communications because I'm from Pittsburgh and I had a horrible, horrible Pittsburgh accent. <laughs> so I majored in speech and uh, I was blessed that I graduated and got a job in television news immediately. And mm. I started in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Mm. And then I worked in Johnstown and then I worked in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Mm. And then I made it to the big time. I worked in Philadelphia, wow. WPBI 6ABC. Mm. Um, and then I worked in Harrisburg. So I have more than 30 years experience in broadcasting and my career has pivoted a bit over the last couple of years. And now I work on a website. It's called penwatch.org. It's all about Pennsylvania news. It's good news. It's positive news. It's news that matters. Uh, nice. We try not to do negative news, no murders or car accidents or fires or things like that. Um, we really want it to be useful. And uh, the other big thing that I'm doing that I'm very, very proud of, I have a video audio podcast called Chick to Chick, mm -hmm. with my chick Carrie Perry. 
and um, we're just having a blast with that. Yeah, I've been watching watching all of yours. It's it's fun. You guys have a lot of fun with it. I saw you in pajamas the other week yep. <laughs> going to town. We cover everything you can possibly imagine from uh, the opioid epidemic to uh, the hemp industry to uh, problems at middle schools to what you saw the episode, you can't sleep. Well, maybe it's your mattress. Right. So um, we cover everything and we try to you know, hit on topics that matter to women and families, mm-hmm. and we're just having a blast with it. Uh, it's it's uh, looked like it's been a success already, and, and I know you'll continue to take it far as you have. So uh, great, fantastic to hear, and, and I know everybody will know your long story career is perfect for what I wanted to have you in for today. And it's funny that you say for the pen watch, you keep things on the positive, because today's topic for home builders can not always be the most positive experience with the, with the news or the media. And I really wanted to talk about kind of investigative journalism. Sure. You know, it's those teams that advertise on the, on the news, you know, hey, we're here to fight for you or been wrong, we're the fixers. And it's usually has a crew on there walking in slow motion, arms crossed with you know, stern looks on their faces too. It's a bit so, dramatic, isn't it? It, it is. It's it's a, a bit drama there. <laughs> it, it is, but I guess it's kind of necessary for um, for what they're trying to do. And uh, so that's really why I thought I'd put you on. I don't know if you were ever on one of those investigative journalism teams, and it's no real worry to me if you were or not. I know I certainly. Was. I oh, was. Okay. <laughs> I did do investigative reporting oh. uh, in Philadelphia. Yep. Okay, I wasn't sure if you did or not, but because I was going to say at the very least, I know you've seen it and you know what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, been there, done that, got it. Okay, so a, a question I'm going to ask, and obviously I'm coming from kind of the home builder side, so you, you'll have to excuse skepticism whenever I ask, though, too. But sure. um, I guess in general, are those investigative journalists and teams? I mean, are they are they truly there because they are? they're called to help consumers out, do you think? Or does it get viewers or a little of both maybe? Um, you know, it's a little of both. Hmm. And um, I've, I've worked with uh, many colleagues on investigative teams. And I, hmm. as I mentioned to you, I was on an investigative team. And I, I can tell you that my main purpose and my main objective was to get to the truth and hmm. get to the bottom of matters. Um, just because a consumer has a complaint doesn't mean that it's valid. Okay. Um, just because a consumer has a complaint doesn't mean that it's worthy of some news investigation. So before I would even pursue anything and plenty of reporters who I know on investigative teams, I mean, you've got to find out first whether that consumer complaint is valid. Now, sure. having said that, there are plenty of reporters who are looking to make a headline and make a splash and will just take what that consumer says as being the truth and not trying to find out more information. So, you know, it's just like any profession. You have bad apples. Sure. Um, So, but I would like to think that most are really trying to get to the bottom of things and just trying to sort it out. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. So what, in your experience, what's been the typical steps that happen, you know, when a customer decides to contact the news? I mean, obviously, they see the ads, they call the phone numbers, those types of things. Can, can you walk me through what you typically would see? And let's say in a best case scenario, uh, news uh, anchor, an investigative journalist with a, with a pure heart that really wants to do this? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, typically, um, the phone doesn't ring anymore, thanks <laughs> to technology. We usually get emails, and that's actually the best thing. Okay. Um, because typically, they will type out what their story is, and then that gets it could go into the general news file and then that gets pushed on to the investigative team or they may contact the investigative team directly. Um, mm. So when I would get one of those emails, I read it. Um, I always asked for more information, phone number, name. Uh, and I always followed up with a phone call because usually they're just giving you a, a capsule in that mm -hmm. email. Mm. You're not getting the full story. You're getting like a boiled down so then I would follow up with a phone call to find out, I want the other details mm. um, of what their complaint is, what they're alleging. And then I would do some digging myself before I would even leave the building to go out. If I felt like the complaint was valid, if I felt like there was some meat there, you would then go and interview the quote unquote victim to get their side of the story. But I would never ever air anything unless I would get the other side of the story and contact the other, whether it's the home builder or whomever to get the other, you know, I, I like to say there aren't two sides to every story. There are three sides. There's my version, there's your version and the, there's the truth. Sure. So you have to do your due diligence. Um, the worst, worst thing to me would be to air something that I hadn't done my homework that wasn't true or that made somebody look bad and I didn't get the full information. So you really need to do your homework because this is somebody's livelihood. Sure. And, you know, members of the media have a lot of power. Right. Yeah. Sure. They can Certainly. build your business up. And with one fell swoop, they can tear you down. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you really have to be careful, responsible, check, double check, triple check. And even after you have all the information, I would go over my script 10 times mm. because I wanted to make sure that I had my facts right and then would run it past somebody else. What do you think? What questions do you have? Does this sound? So it, it's a process. It's not like we get an email and boom, somebody's out the door five minutes later. It doesn't work that way. There's a lot of work that goes into it before a crew shows up at your door. Yeah, that sounds good. And it, I'm embarrassed to say sometimes, you know, you forget that as a profession and I hate to say it that way, but you know, exactly what you said there too, you can uh, build some up, tear them down very quickly. Yeah. And I can imagine from the journalist side then too, you have to be careful on that because if you do say something wrong, I imagine it's quick that a lawyer could pick up, you know, you know, pick up the phone and give you a call and say, "Hey, you know, you just libeled my uh, my client, Absolutely. and could get yourself in trouble." And you just don't think about that because you see all the, uh, you know, the cameras in someone's face and those types of things too. Well, and we have lawyers too, sure. and they have to vet our scripts too. And sometimes the lawyers don't approve the script. Hmm. I mean. It's really not a slam bam, thank you, ma'am. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of work. There's a lot of homework and a lot of background work that goes into something before it would ever make air. That's what I love about doing a podcast, I guess. It opens my eyes sometimes to think of things that I haven't thought of before, embarrassingly sometimes, <laughs> as I'm talking yeah. to someone going, huh, I never really thought of it that way. But that's what's yeah. fun about this, too. So it sounds like it truly is an investigation as you get in and, you know, in those steps then too, you're typically either emailing or calling out to the home builder first. And I'm guessing it's not 
again, I always see the, the ultimate end where they, you know, you see the camera on the, uh, the journalist and they're trying to make a call to the home builder or whoever and either getting no response or someone telling them to, you know, leave them alone. And then they like to publicize that too. I imagine that's probably a few steps down the way, but first you're saying you're contacting them ahead of time. And how have you typically found for the most part that that goes, um, you know, is the home builder pretty open to talking to uh, a journalist at that time? Or as soon as they hear news, do they kind of clam up and um, just in your, again, your, your experience from that? Well, it, it, you get every scenario. Um, you get people who say, oh, I didn't even realize there was a problem. Sure, come on in. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. Mm-hmm. You have other people who hang up the phone. You have other people swearing at you. <laughs> right. There's, there isn't a typical, there isn't every, every single case is different. Every person is different. And so you just have to be prepared to deal with whatever comes your way. And as a journalist, I have to remain calm. Uh, I just, what, how, what, whatever the reaction is, hmm. I just, okay. Yeah. Kind of roll with it. Yeah, absolutely. Go. So good. So if, if a home builder then becomes, let's say, you've reached, you know, you've done your due diligence, you've gone through and you said, hey, it sounds like there's something to be, to be said here or something yeah. that, you know, we can help this consumer out that should be out in the media. And you get to that point where you either have to go to the builder's office or try to get them on the call while you're on camera. Is there really any good response by a home builder at that point? Or is that point, they're pretty much probably guilty. I don't know if this is the best way to say that, but if, um, you know, if it looks like there is a wrong to be righted, you know, is there any good response or what would be the best way for them to do that? Well, uh, you should, you should respond. You, mm-hmm. you should say something. Um, if, if a reporter's calling you about a particular situation that a consumer has complained about something, mm-hmm. um, maybe the home builder isn't aware of it. And the best response is, you know, I'm not aware of this situation, but I'm going to look into this and I will be getting back to you. Okay. Just be truthful. You don't know. If you do know that there's a problem, again, you need to respond. I mean, when you see the reporter going, we made a phone call and they didn't respond to our calls, that makes the viewer go, oh, they must have something to hide. Right, right. The worst thing to do is to ignore a phone call or ignore an email or ignore the reporter. That actually angers the reporter. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it makes them more resolute, yeah. Yeah, and now they're like, huh, what do they have to hide? So now (laughs) I'm really going to come after you Mm -hmm. because it comes across as though you have something to hide. And, you know, if if you don't have, if you're not aware of it, because I've actually been, in situations where people have said, I didn't know there was a problem. Hmm. So the consumer will, they have this vision of us that we're gonna fix everything for them. Mm-hmm. And they think sometimes it's easier to contact the media instead of to contact the source of the problem. Mm-hmm. So I have been in situations where I contacted and they said, I didn't know there was a problem. Hmm. Yeah, why didn't why they call, didn't me? call yeah. me? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. right? And, th- mm. and that's part of the process, too, when I'm vetting these things. Ha- did you call? Mm. You know, oh, oh, well, you know, I didn't call. Why didn't you call them? Hmm. Well, I've been calling and nobody's getting back to me is usually what I'll get. Oh. And so 
I've had situations where they said, you know what? I didn't realize there was a problem. I'm going to correct this right now. They've diffused the situation and now I don't have a story. Hmm. That's the best answer. I've had situations where they've hung up on me or screamed at me or the best way to handle something too is if there is a problem, you know, as I like to say, throw yourself on the sword Mm -hmm. and just say, you know what? There's a problem there. Uh, You know, they've got a leak coming into the basement. We're going to get right on that. And I promise I'm going to be there tomorrow to fix that. And again, you've now diffused the situation. Where's the story? Or their story is still there, but now you look like a hero. And the viewer goes, wow, okay, they're going to fix it. Hmm. So now this is a win-win for everybody when you handle that way because the consumer's happy Mm -hmm. because they're going to have their problem fixed. The television station is happy or the consumer reporter because they think they're the ones who resolve the situation and the home builder looks like a hero because, boom, they're going to run out and solve the problem. Mm. So yeah. just resp- just fix it. Fix yeah. whatever it is. And I think that comes a lot of things in life. I mean, that's just your general thing. And I've been in situations that have nothing to do with home building, just, you know, and, and everyone. And instead of someone's out there making excuses or, or trying to cover something up, you're right. So just, just say, you know what? I was a bonehead. I, I messed up this time and okay. uh, this is what yeah. we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah, just own it, fix it, and move on. And now you've diffused it because if you play this cat and mouse game and you don't answer, they're going to keep coming after you. Mm-hmm. And then instead of one story, now there's going to be two stories, three stories, four stories. And again, all of that negative publicity, it can destroy your business. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to do that? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense on that. Now, do you think you'd mentioned before a lot of times when you're vetting it through or you've been in the position where you vetted it through and you found the customer hasn't necessarily called them. Is that getting worse these days just because, you know, we see things like social media where folks are pretty tough when it comes to social media, but don't know how to talk anymore. I mean, that's a very blanket statement. I don't know. That's a fair question to ask, but I'll ask it anyway. Sure. You know what? We're all about easy and convenient. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy and convenient to email a reporter. It's mm-hmm. so easy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, my son likes to say back then. <laughs> back <laughs> then when you actually had to pick up the phone right. and we had typewriters, you know, that takes effort to make a phone call. Sure. They might not answer. You leave a message. They might not call back. We look for what's the easiest thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I get emails every single day. I'm not even in that world anymore. And I still get emails every single day. I have a problem with this. I have a problem with that. Can you help me with this? They look for the easy way out. And, you know, if they're, if they're calling the builder and the builder isn't responding or mm-hmm. it's just, okay, I'm going to the media. Mm-hmm. And so they just do whatever is easy instead of trying to, resolve things on their own. Sure. Now, now, has that changed at all? Have you seen less of it because social media is so easy for someone just to post and hope it goes viral? Or has it gotten even more intense? Or And maybe it's what you just said, it's easier now to contact media, but does, does social media at all change that or, or make it better or worse for home builders, I guess? Well, it's, it's, I think social media has made it more intense because now everybody mm-hmm. just airs their dirty laundry on social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, every single day, 
I, I'm on social media two, three times a day because of the podcast and pushing the podcast. And every single day I see somebody calling out a business about something and it might not be a home builder, but sure. they'll say, you know, I went to so-and-so and that restaurant had the worst service. I'll never eat there again. Or mm. I went to, uh, you know, this salon and, uh, you know, there was dirt everywhere and they were rude and I'll never go there again. So social media, you mm. really have to be on your toes. You really, really have to be vigilant on your toes, watch your behavior because now everybody has a cell phone now and everybody at the drop of a hat pushes a button and videotapes something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and not always the, the whole story. It's just whenever they decide to and can, that's right. can whatever spin it the way they want. Clip, you know, mm -hmm. I, I used to be so I, being in, being on television, you got to watch your behavior all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. But wow. now I think everybody needs to watch their behavior <laughs> all the time because of cell phones. Yeah. So I think it's gotten worse with social media and, and this ease to just get on there and just vent mm -hmm. whether it's true or not. Yeah, and I've been in, in the business long enough to know you used to only have to worry if you know someone was upset with you, they they put a sign out in their front yard and hope the people passing by would see that. It, it's a little different these days than what oh, it was yeah. when I started out. So Absolutely. Well, if you could give, let's just say, three top tips, and I think we covered them today, but... Um, you know, three top tips for any home builder who finds themselves on the end of either a phone call or, you know, a media group showing up on their front door with a camera in their face or ready to go into their face. What are three tips that home builders can take away from this to say, hey, this is the best way to handle this? And, and I think you covered it, but I always like to kind of bring that home. Sure. I, I, you know, above all else, remain calm. Mm -hmm. Always stay calm. Keep your poker face on. Do not get emotional. Do not scream. Don't put your hand in the camera. Don't do any of that. You know, when a, a reporter comes at you and they're a bit aggressive, mm -hmm. you got to remember that the camera is not showing the reporter being aggressive. Mm -hmm. The camera's focused on you. Mm -hmm. So the camera is showing your reaction, and your reaction tells the story. You have to remain calm all the time. You know, we see first and we hear second. And if we see somebody getting angry or uh, throwing their arms up or putting their hand in the camera, we're not even listening to what you have to say because we're going, oh, this person's guilty. Look at how defensive they're getting. Hmm. But if you stay calm and you diffuse the situation as best you can, hmm. you've wiped away the controversy. And now there's not really a story. As I said, the way you handle it, you always, you know, I, sure. I want, I don't, I didn't know there was a problem. I'll look mm -hmm. into it. There's a problem. I promise you, I'm going to correct it right now. Mm -hmm. What's the reporter going to say? You've just diffused the, pro the whole situation. <laughs> I say, thanks. <laughs> right. Yep. Right. right. So just stay calm and do everything you can to diffuse the situation. Mm -hmm. um, the second tip is, you got to be transparent. Mm -hmm. Tell the truth. When you lie and the reporter finds out that mm. you've lied to them, you're only making it 10 times worse. Sure. Reporters really, really dislike it when you lie to them. And before they may have entered this with a pure heart, now they're going to be out to get you. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, this goes back to 
maybe you made a mistake on a job site. Maybe it was just a mistake. So own it. Mm-hmm. Own it, fix it, and try to turn it into a teachable moment. You know, I, 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 had, the, I had a subcontractor on the job. Um, I thought they finished the basement. It sounds like they missed something. You know, this just reminds me that I've got to just stay on top of things and just keep on top of subcontractors. But, you know, I will be there tomorrow and I'll fix this. Now you look like a hero. Sure. And, okay. and the third tip is, you know, you do need to tell the truth, but you don't need to divulge everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> there was a big oops on your end maybe there was but you don't necessarily need to say that it was a big oops but you know tell the truth but you don't have to divulge every little fact be confident if you give the reporter something give them something just a little nugget to chew on so they've got a story it's really going to make them happy they have a story now they can tie this up and put a a bow on it and everybody's going to walk away looking great, but just don't lie. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. And I'm guessing you don't want to call your your customer crazy or wacko. Again, that falls into staying calm. No, you don't, you don't lash out at the consumer. You don't, it's always, I wasn't aware. I'll look into it. Oh, I didn't know. I'll find out. I'll get back to you. Or, hey, you know what? Sounds like we made a mistake here. Sounds Mm -hmm. like we missed something and we're going to fix it. Hmm. You've just diffused everything. Where's where's the story? Where's the sensationalism now? And now it's a win-win for everybody. Very nice. Now, if we could only get them to come back when everything everybody's happy again, giving hugs and everything, <laughs> make a Actually, nice wrap up. That's an interesting invite. The invite the reporter to come back. Hmm. Invite hmm. them back and say, "Come on back. I want you to see that hmm. we finished the job. Hmm. I want you to see that we fixed the mistake, fixed the error." Yeah. Okay. Well, Flora, I know you're super busy. You've given me um, a few minutes here of your time, and I'm, I'm very thankful for. Uh, for your time. I'm so thankful you were able to uh, come on and, and be part of my Six and Breaks podcast. I wish you continued success in all that you're doing. I mean, I, I know you will, but you have been your whole life. So it's exciting to watch all the fun stuff you're doing. And I'm going to keep uh, watching and even learning from you. So. Well, thank you. And it was a pleasure to be on here. And I certainly hope that I was able to offer some insight into my world. Um, and, and hopefully some of these tips will be, will be helpful. I'm sure my listeners will love them. So thanks so much. Thank you. Flora is a super person who tells it like it is. And it was so nice to hear from a veteran journalist on the best way to diffuse an investigative journalist confrontation. Take Flora's advice and make sure you own any responsibility you have. And make the story a, well, a non-story. And once you have things smoothed over, invite the journalist back out. And hopefully they'll run a story of you and your customer sharing a meal, maybe some hugs. That does it for this week's episode of the Sticks and Bricks podcast. I'm Brad Hubbard. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep building a business that's as strong as your homes.